Good morning and welcome. Welcome to the Lotus Flower Podcast. I am your host, the Reverend Dr. Pamela Robinson. I am the co-pastor of the Emerging Hope Ministries in Kalamazoo, Michigan, along with my husband, the Reverend Curtis L. Robinson Sr. The Lotus Flower Podcast can be heard on several platforms, on RSS feed, on Wix.com, on Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcast, as well as we are hosting our broadcast today on the Spotify platform. We would love to have you all become subscribers of our podcast. The Lotus Flower Podcast aim is to equip and empower and to be able to help, especially people of color, get their stories out and have them heard and have people learn about the amazing things that are going on amongst people of color. This is a platform for everyone, however, to take part in, whether you're black, white, Asian, or polka dot, or even if you have stripes, you are more than welcome to join the Lotus Flower Podcast. I am sure that you will be blessed by the stories that you hear over our live stream. Please feel free to tune in 24 hours a day, seven days a week at your leisure. I'd like for you to know that we appreciate all of you that have participated thus far in the Lotus Flower Podcast. As I looked at our analytics dashboard, it which offers a comprehensive look at a cross-cultural platform and an overview of how our podcast is performing. When I looked at that analytic dashboard, it let me know that we currently have 10 followers. And over the last 124 days, which is over about roughly three months, we have had 532 people to view the podcast. Once again, out of that 532 people, however, we have 10 dedicated followers. That means 10 people have actually subscribed to the podcast at this time. Now, we want you to know that we want you to make a commitment to our podcast, meaning that we would like for you not only to view the podcast and watch the podcast, but we want you to become subscribers of the podcast. My husband and I have a goal in mind in which we want to be able to have 50 subscribers by the end of September. So right now we're at 10 subscribers. So we've got 40 subscribers that we would like to have join the Lotus Flower podcast by the end of September. Once again, this is the Lotus Flower Podcast, and we are hosted out of Kalamazoo, Michigan, 
under the umbrella of the Emerging Hope Ministries. This day is a beautiful day. Why? Because we have a beautiful, beautiful, wonderful, empowering, must I say radiant, resilient, and driven, beautiful inner and outer, inside and outside beauty, African-American woman that is our featured guest today. Our featured guest today is none other than Ms. Evelyn Burns. Today, as we highlight Ms. Evelyn Burns' prior excellent work, Ms. Burns is one of our newest book club members. She can identify personally with what it means to have a life interrupted by God in a good way. All interruptions aren't good. However, when God interrupts someone's life, oftentimes it's for the good because he's taking them off of a path that they are on, a path that's leading to destruction, a path that's leading nowhere. And he interrupts that life and he puts it back on the right track, just like he did with Jonah in the Bible. We would like you to know that Ms. Barnes is one of those people that God interrupted her life, put her in the belly of the fish, and he got her on her way. She will tell you her story herself, but I'm going to tell you a little bit of her introduction before she does so. In her intriguing new book that she wrote, entitled These Shoes, A Spiritual and Prophetic Journey, she talks and she gives truth to power as she expounds on how her self-determination and on how her resiliency inside helped her never to quit, never, never, never to give in as she defied every single odd that was in her way. Ms. Barnes loves people. She loves people to the degree that she spends most of her afternoons and all of her days and even into the weekends volunteering at a women's shelter, uh, doing street ministry. She is an advocate in the city of Chicago. She is an avid church member of the Friendship Baptist Church on Chicago's West Side, where her pastor is the Honorable Reverend Dr. Reginald E. Backus. Ms. Barnes has really struck me as a person that is driven to achieve her wildest dreams, no matter what obstacles that she may be facing in life. Once again, her beautiful book that is very intriguing and moving, emotionally stirring, can be purchased on Amazon.com or it can be purchased in the Barnes and Nobles bookstore. 
That tells you how good this book must be if it made it to the Barnes and Noble bookstore. That is saying something. I am pleased to have Ms. Barnes as our guest today. One of her favorite quotes is, to be busy working on my own grass is the best that I can do because it keeps me from noticing that your grass ain't greener on the other side. I would like to thank you, Ms. Barnes, for setting aside some time today to be our featured guest on the podcast. We are extremely impressed by your skills and by your accomplishments. This is why we invited you to be our special guest because we know that the things that you're doing in your life can also bless other people's lives as they learn about your intriguing story. Ms. Barnes, welcome, 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 and welcome. She is a wonderful person and she is going to speak to you about things that have occurred in her life and all she's preparing I am. to you and she's here now and she's going to share with you. And I hope that she don't doesn't mind if I share one of the poems from her book that I have right here with me as well. Ms. Not at all. Not at all. Ms. Barnes, you can feel free to share with us at this time. Good morning. Good morning, family. It is always a blessing to be recognized. I, I am humble. I am grateful. And I hope that we all take something out of this interview that helps us to grow to the next level. Because isn't that what God is all about? Isn't that what life is all about? So I am very excited. And by all means, share a poem, whichever one you like. I, I am just grateful. I am grateful to be, had been chosen to even do a project for the Lord. And I'm even more humbled that I finished it because I am, in my family, if you know my family, they would tell you I am a jack of all trades, master of none, which means I, I, I get out the gate real, real good. And then, and then I, I, I get out of the gas real, real fast or I get bored. And so it's a lot of us like that. But for some odd reason, with this book, God allowed me to stick and stay. So I am so grateful. That's great. That's great. And I know that you wrote in the front of your book, you said that that I would like to humbly dedicate this book to the following individuals. And these individuals were very instrumental in your life and that this book wouldn't have been possible without them. Uh, tell me a little bit about, you said your, your, grand, your grandmother, Evelyn Barnes West and your great grandmother, Hannah Lee Irvin. Um, they both are uh, now have transitioned on to heaven but they were just beautiful people in your life. Uh, tell me, 
about why they were so special to you, Evelyn, in building you to who you are today? Um, I am a product of a matriarch, which means we are, we are led by the women in our family. And my great grandmother, Hannah Irving, Jesus, she, she was a teacher. She just did great things. Even, even coming out of slavery, even working in the cotton fields, she was a teacher and she instilled in, in, in our family the importance of education. That being said, my grandmother, Evelyn West, whom I am named after, was one of the strongest women I've ever met in my life to date. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, just, I just get emotional thinking about her because she, she, without, without everything that she put into me, she actually, she actually named and raised me. So I live with my grandmother and I saw her never be defeated. Mm -hmm. I saw her never give up. And I actually saw her never lose. Mm -hmm. Now I'm not, that's not to say that things weren't hard or challenging. I'm just saying, I never saw that. And because I never saw that, I have the mindset from my great grandmother and my grandmother that I don't know how to fail. Mm -hmm. I know how to do a task and it might not go too good, but then it's all good. Then I just keep it moving. I that's, just, I am, I, I am, I never give up. That's great. That's great. That's the Holy Spirit up. inside of you. I would like to say that's compelling you never to give up. Now, you also said that your two guardians, your lovely aunts, your Aunt May and your Aunt Maddie of Chicago, they were two of the strongest Christian women that guided you throughout your life and that you are blessed to have them be the wind beneath your wings. Oh, their, yes. Their unconditional love and support for you and uh, allowed you to just soar above the clouds. That that is such an honor. Tell me a little bit about Aunt May and Aunt, and Aunt Maddie. Oh my goodness! So my two aunt, they loved my grandmother so much that they had already had an agreement that if something to, should happen to her, that the baton would go over to them and that they would be my caretakers. Okay. And to this date. She has to be like, her spirit has to be so proud of these women because they have literally been there, rain, sleet, or shine, my good and bad, my ups and downs. And those two women contribute, contribute for other, I call them siblings because we all grew up together. And Everyone is, is blessed. Mm -hmm. They never give up on us regardless. And they're always there to inspire. And, 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 and that, that's, if, if, if half the children in the world just had somebody, just somebody that believed in them and somebody that never left a side and never gave up on them, we would have better children in our society today. I believe that. That's right. And you know that it truly takes a village to raise a child. And um, I know you shared a little bit with me in our in our uh, conversations that we've had 
a little bit about your uh, childhood and some things that occurred that resulted in your having to live with, with your grandmother. Uh, would you mind sharing a little bit of that with our podcast audience, your childhood experience and what happened that caused you to live with your grandmother and, and what happened to bring you into the woman that you are today from that experience? Well, the, the way that I, I ended up with my grandmother was A, I was the first granddaughter and my mother was very, very busy. And my grandmother was not like, you're not getting ready to have my one grandbaby all over the place. So at that point, she cared for me. My mother had a lot of issues. Bless her heart, beautiful woman, beautiful spirit. She just, she just had issues. And her spirit was, she struggled with her spirit. And so uh, my grandmother raised me, taught me, uh, just never, like I said, I've never seen her fail. There were times when I was, as a youth, Chicago public schools would go on strike periodically mm-hmm. when I was a child. And my grandmother would pack me up and we would go to Moorhead, Mississippi, where my great grandmother was, was a teacher. And I would go to school down there doing, mm-hmm. if they were on strike in Chicago. Other things that she did, and my great grandmother did is when we would go to the South, sometimes we would end up going out to the field. Mm-hmm. You know, coming from the city, you wouldn't know how to pick or chop cotton. I mean, mm-hmm. those things, you got to be in that environment of somebody teaching you that. But it's a valuable lesson in that because mm-hmm. it keeps you humble. Mm-hmm. It humbles you that no matter what, you're doing in life, you never forget your foundation. So the foundation that that I was able to have and be blessed with came from my grandmother, my great-grandmother, my aunts, my Aunt May, my Aunt Maddie, my my church, my Lord and Savior. Amen. Now, um, I know that you have had a past with with substance abuse. And I want to mention that because there are so many African-American women and men that are struggling with that issue. I have had close loved ones and still do to this day that have struggled with substance abuse. I have worked in a substance abuse facility as a residential treatment therapist And that was one of the jobs that I loved the very, very, very most. And it's near and dear to my heart. I know that studies have said that substance abuse is a serious problem from which regardless to race or sex or any any, um, particular um, social economic class, that it, it affects everyone, the data regarding substance abuse in African-American women has recently begun to emerge in literature. Sometimes we were just were not included in that picture. Now they're including more data about substance abuse among African-American women, even though it's somewhat limited. And when I was doing my doctoral research, I included some of that data in, in that, uh, in my research. And uh, and I've come to learn that African-American women 
even though they are disproportionately represented among those who suffer from alcohol and drugs, they are about uh, 41%, it says, of people that are struggling from, from uh, substance abuse are, are African-American women. And that, that is really high. And, and the reason it's so high is because it's, it's somewhat hidden because we are so resilient as black women that sometimes we just cover things up and we, we know how to kind of go with the flow. We know how to kind of fake it till we make it. People don't even know that what we're carrying and going through because we're so resilient and we know how to kind of navigate through things. But behind the scenes, we are is hidden and is eaten away at us like a cancer. And it actually causes our family and friends and loved ones and kids great harm if it's something that goes unchecked. Now, I know you shared with me that you've had some struggles in this area. However, the Lord brought you out in such a miraculous way until you have been able to bless the socks off of other people. Your cup, Miss Evelyn, is running over. And I want you to share with us a little bit of your journey with that substance abuse um, issue and how the Lord brought you through it in a victorious way. It started out, um, the one thing I do want to say is that women, especially African women, we, through history, you hear, to, his, to date, you hear about Oprah Winfrey, sexual abuse, Angelo, Maya Angelou, and different people. What happens is, my grandmother had a heart attack and died when I was in grammar school. Nobody was home but me and her. And as I sat next to that body, waiting for somebody to come and help, my brain literally, literally created another personality that could sit there with that. Because remember, I'm a child. Right. So I don't know. I don't know what to do. Right. So I just sat. And then over time, over time, I buried it on the inside of me. So that's how, that, that was the thing inside of me that would grow out and, 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 and addiction could just reach out and touch me. I Some see. people have, have uh, incest. Some people are domestically and sexually abused. So what happens is, and I want to say this first and foremost, people don't wake up and say, Oh, I think I'm going to be an addict today. That's, that's not what happened. It's something deep inside of them that, that is so uncomfortable because once things started to emerge in my conscious, I became very uncomfortable. And what had happened was that little girl that was sitting next to that body as a child, I had buried her and now she's coming out. Mm -hmm. She's coming out. She's coming out. And I can't control you. We don't control when the brain releases anything. Mm -hmm. So that was the big problem. I was uncomfortable. I didn't know what to do. And the only thing that was soothing was for me to reach out and take something into my body to where I didn't have to feel anything that would numb me. And what at what so, age would that would you say that started? Um. I, I was good. I was good till I was about maybe 
28, 29. Oh, praise God. Mm-hmm. You know, I was able to go and, you know, do manager jobs and I was good. Mm-hmm. And it came up like a thief in the night out of nowhere. I see. And, and I just, I just couldn't deal with it because if you don't know, you, you won't know. I see. Mm-hmm. And so from there, I decided to uh, indulge and keep numbing. And then the criminal component came in and I looked up and I was really more overwhelmed than when I started because I looked up and I was always in trouble. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But see. it was that Aunt Maddie that said, kid, you're going to be all right uh-huh. in your time. Mm-hmm. So don't worry about what all the other kids doing. You just stay on your journey. Yes. That's, and, that's... We get, and we got you regardless. And so with that support, I still struggle. And then I, I, I got in trouble one day and I went to court. And I'm, I'm a very, I'm, I'm a very honest, transparent person. So I'm in front of the judge and he's like, you've been charged with this, that, and other. And I said, your honor, I'm guilty. Now what are we going to do? <laughs> okay. I said, I said, I'm guilty. Now what are we going to do? He said, well, first, I suggest that you go to some AANA meetings. I said, your honor, I'm never going to go to any of those meetings. Mm-hmm. And he said, why? I said, have you ever been to one of those meetings where people come in, they're like dressed up garbage cans, pretending switching one addiction to another one. Mm-hmm. I, said, I don't want to do that. I don't want to set myself up for that. Mm-hmm. And he said, Miss Barnes, I said, can I just go get mental health? Maybe mm-hmm. I could strip the layers and figure out why I ever used in the first place. Maybe, maybe I could strip the layers and get back to my soul self. I see. And he looked at me and he said, bring me the paperwork next, next court date. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. That was the beginning of me winning that fight. Amen. Amen. And it, it still took a journey. But what happened was through therapy, we was able to just rip them layers off, rip them off. And when you figure out why you ever used in the first place, you can stop. That's great. That is amazing. Now I, got, I do got to say, heroin is a tough one. So it takes more than you just stopping, but there's a, there, they, they, they have all these different things out. And I just want to say publicly, I'm probably going to get persecuted for this. Methadone does not work. Suboxone does not work. Those things are going to deteriorate your body. I have researched it. I have seen it. Mm-hmm. There is a drug on the market called Vivitrol, V-I-V-T-R-O-L. It's a shot that it is injected once a month. And from the first shot, I was never able to even remember heroin. Mm-hmm. And we're talking years and years and yeah, I, I can't really. And you take the shots until you're comfortable with stop taking them. Mm-hmm. There are thousand dollars a shot. Medicaid pays for it. There's no detoxing off of the drug, nothing. Mm-hmm. And it has worked for you. Now, I want my listening audience to know that just like Miss Barnes said, that she might get persecuted 
because of her opinion about her, about the methadone and suboxone and that she doesn't feel that they work. So I want my listening audience to know that that is Ms. Burns' rightful opinion to have because this is a free country and we have free right to speak. So I am letting you know that that's, that isn't coming from me. I haven't voiced my opinion yet as to how I feel about it. However, she is definitely, definitely able to speak her mind and her opinion. And I want my listening audience to know to be supportive. You can have your own opinion about what you feel, about what works best. But this is her opinion and what has worked best for her. And for that, I am most grateful that it has worked for you. I want you to know that the Lord had favor on you, Miss Barnes, throughout this whole thing. When you said, how many people get to go into the courtroom and tell the judge, judge, you said you're ordering this, but I'm not going to do that. How many people gets to tell the judge that and not be held in contempt of court? That tells me right there, honey, you had favor with the Lord. The Lord already had his stamp of approval on your life. He already knew, foreknew that he was going to use you in ministry the way in which he's doing now. He foreknew that this beautiful book, These Shoes, A Spiritual and Prophetic Journey, was going to be written and it was going to be on Amazon and available on at the Barnes and Nobles bookstore and available. I'm going to support it and promote it as much as I can through our social media platforms. God foreknew that you would be a blessing to those people in Chicago that are down and out, the people that are homeless, people that are struggling with substance abuse disorders, women that are sitting around with their children and have no place to go, people that are being just disenfranchised and looked down upon, even spit upon. But God knew that you were their voice, Miss Burns. He knew that no, The enemy tried to snuff your life out, even as a little girl, when you were looking at your grandmother, lifeless body, he thought he was going to take your life at that time. But according to Jeremiah 29 and 11, God said he had a hope and a plan for your life. And it was not for you to die, but it was to give you a future and a hope. And that's exactly, exactly what he has done. And for that, I am so encouraged by you. You are a blessing. And we talk about that lotus flower in our podcast being the greatest of them all. That lotus flower, do you know what? It blooms in adversity. The lotus flower, it is actually grown up under murky water, down up under where the mud is, the dirt is, the soil is, and all, and it's dirty. That beautiful flower is able to push up and above all throughout that murk and slime and grime and dirt and stuff. And it pushes itself up through all of that adversity that was on it. And it comes out as a beautiful pink and white flower, untouched by the mud, untouched by the dirt. Hallelujah. That is you, Miss Barnes. You push your way up. You didn't do it, but the Holy Spirit that's inside of you push you up and above all of that adversity until you became this beautiful, fragrant flower. You're giving off all this aroma. 
honey. You're giving me, you're giving me chills right now as I talk about it. <laughs> you're giving off this fragrance to these women, to these children, to these men, to city officials. She, she is an advocate for the city of Chicago, where she speaks before prominent people. Look what God can do. I want to tell you that I'm sure that you have self-care in mind. When you are going through your life, I'm sure you deliberately take care of your mental health, your emotional health, your physical health, and your spiritual health. Now, I know that spirituality is very, very, very important to you, and it it's a pattern that goes throughout your whole entire life. You speak highly of your pastor at the First Baptist Church there in the west side of Chicago. No, no, Friendship Baptist. Friendship Baptist, yes. And I want you to tell me, why is that so important to you? Why is uh, having a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ important to you? And how has your pastor and your church family helped you along this journey? Well, my, I, I adore, I adore my, my, my church. My church is a very good giving spiritual community-based church. We actually go out, we go out. I had moved to look at cutting grass. We go out and we help the community the best we can. We go out, we do Christian ministry. And we see what the community needs and we try to help them out. Um, Dr. Reginald Backus is the kind of pastor where he does not believe in, we gonna come to church every Sunday in this neighborhood and when we finish, we gonna get in our nice little cars and leave. He's not, he's not with that. He is like, our church is a part of a neighborhood, it's part of a community and this is where it does take a village and we part of the village. So we need to get out there and help people the best we can. So I love that about, I love that about my church. I don't know a lot of churches like that. My church is open during the week. Mm -hmm. If you get hungry or it's a fire at your house, we, our church is open. You can go and talk to them about it. You can reach somebody. I mean, that's what churches should be like. Long ago, the churches were the stronghold of the, of the black community. Mm -hmm. I, I just saw a documentary called The Black Church. I'm urging everybody to watch it. It's on PB, P, PBS, PTW. Mm -hmm. I, I, I mean, our churches got to get back. They got to get back to where they're supposed to be. It's not about membership. It's, it's about outreach. It's, it, that, it, that's it. That's it. Mm -hmm. Jesus was about going all over the place. It's about outreach. And so I learned that from him. I learned from watching what my savior did. I don't really watch what churches are doing. I just know what my Lord and savior did. Mm -hmm. Amen. I know he, he went and he went and talked to the masses. He, he, he didn't have limitations. He, he, he went and did what he was going to do. If he was going to feed you, he was going to feed you. If he was going to raise you, Whatever he was gonna do, he didn't fail. And I think that's where I, I coined that, that saying, like, I don't know how to fail. Amen, that's I don't know how to fail. <laughs> and I love, I love Christ, I love him. That's good, he's the source. I'm, I'm here to say that I'm sure that he is the source of your strength and the strength of your life. 
Yes. And mm -hmm. I want to shift the conversation a little bit and ask you some fun questions, okay? Yes. I want to ask you, Evelyn, if you could have dinner with three people, they could be dead or alive, who would they be and why? Ooh, that's a tough one. Okay. That 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 that's that's a tough one. Um, I I I I wouldn't dare say God or Christ because I'm gonna see them in the end. So I I'm gonna hold I'm gonna hold that dinner off. Okay. Uh, right now, if I could, I you know what, I like beautiful people. And I like people that do stuff for other people. So I would, um, all, all of my people are alive. So I love what, I love what Patrick Mahomes does. He's a quarterback for the Chiefs. Mm -hmm. um, I like what Beyonce and Jay-Z does. Mm -hmm. Because their outreach and their platform, I like how they, what they do with their platform, and Rihanna. So mm -hmm. those would be the three, those, those, those people, those mm -hmm. people. And you like them because you like their platform. And the platform that they do with, can you tell my podcast, what is the, the underlying pinning of their platforms? Outreach. That's right. Mm -hmm. Outreach. It's big. Um, uh, during the pandemic, you had um, Rihanna and um, Beyonce, and you had Patrick Mahomes that did masks, ventilators, waters, just all kind of stuff in, in the tune of money that people that actually are sitting on money didn't even bother to do. So it's my thing is, it's not what they did, it's what they didn't have to do. Amen. That's great. So that's how I don't, I never look at what people do for me. I always look at it like they didn't have to do that for me. That's so I love, I love those people bar none because they love people. Mm -hmm. They love people and it shows. I mean, I, I could get past what they got to do as performers mm -hmm. and their professional life. When they come down to it, those are good people. And so I, I like them for that reason. Amen. Now, uh, what makes you feel inspired or like you are your best self? What makes me feel inspired is when I listen to the spirit within me. Mm -hmm. And as I go about my day, I listen enough to my spirit to know that I'm supposed to talk to this person. Mm -hmm. This person ain't even ready, so I don't even got to go there. Me being able to listen to my spirit, and it guides me to speak God's words to people, that inspires me. Amen. That's good. That's great. Now, uh, tell me, uh, what is one thing that people seem to misunderstand about you? Um, my energy. 
Okay. <laughs> they misunderstand my energy, but I have survived cancer. Mm -hmm. I I have to have a, a spinal surgery on the third of next month. Mm -hmm. I have a disc pressing into my central nerve as we speak. And I promise you at the end of the day, when I wake up in the morning, no matter how I feel, I know it's somebody else that is going through something worse. That's good. That's great. Mm -hmm. And I wake up going in eight directions and we know it ain't number four. And it's just a beautiful thing. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> <laughs> that's good yes i love the energy i love it oh so positive and resilient nothing like it miss evelyn oh oh i gotta say this and another thing that inspires me is you also are a member of phenomenal black woman because i've seen your post that's right. That group of Black women really work for me. I mean, they 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 encourage me. They the things that they post, they're so inspiring. And yeah. so I want to give a shout out to Miss Jada for just starting that group. And it's a beautiful group, and I get so much out of it. Mm -hmm. I get so much out of it. So I do want to say that first and foremost. And I'd like to give a, a plug for the group, the Phenomenal Black Women can be found Woo! on Facebook. It's Woo a Facebook group. And if you are interested in joining it, look on Facebook under Phenomenal Black Women and there'll be a question or whatnot and, a, and some, an entry form to let you know how to go about joining Phenomenal Black Women. Yes. Woman. Phenomenal Black Woman. Yes. Now, Ms. Burns, if you could turn back the time and talk to your 18-year-old self, what would you tell her? If you could talk to your 18-year-old self, imagine that you went back and you went back to when you were 18 years old and you were sitting there looking at your 18-year-old self going through life. What might you tell your 18-year-old self looking back at her right now? You know what, these questions, questions like that are interesting to me because at 18, I was a good teenager. Um, my family had raised me well. I wasn't into drugs. I wasn't a hot mama. I wasn't none of that. So I wouldn't say nothing to her. Oh, yeah, I would. I said, baby, hold on. It's going to get rough. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> baby, baby, hey, 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 tie knot and hold on. It's about to get rough. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. And um, when she, when you told her to, to hold on, it's going to get rough. What, what did you mean by rough? Tell, tell my podcast audience that may not know what rough means. No matter everything in life, and I want I want to be real clear about this. Everything in life is a yet. Um, yet is a very very dangerous word, and it's a word that it it could be good or bad. It could be half empty, half full. It depends. Uh, at eighteen, I wasn't doing any drugs. The yet came. 
At 18, I didn't have a criminal record. The yet came. At 18, I had an experience homelessness, but yet came. So I want people to be aware of yet because I know people that get on these pedestals and they just, baby, yet is always peaking because that is Satan's favorite. That's his favorite destination. I see. Yet, yet is his favorite, his favorite go-to. Because mm-hmm. if, if you if you if you don't hold on, yet will creep up on you. Mm-hmm. If, you Christ, if you don't have Christ, God will allow yet. Mm-hmm. So you just gotta start. You gotta. You can't. You get. You can't get too big to where you're untouchable. That's right. I know. I know. I know 300 children have died here. Black children have died here in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And I bet you neither one of them parents thought for one day that they would be mourning their child, I but see. yet showed up. Amen. Yet. 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 Mm-hmm. yet. Life interrupts. That's my word. That's my word. Life interruptions. Podcast audience, write that down. Yet came. Yet life interruption came, but God, if you allow him to, will take you through the yet of your life and put you on straight street. Hallelujah. Yes, he will. One other thing I wanted to ask you now, this is going to require you to use your sanctified imagination. So get it ready. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Sanctified imagination. Ms. Burns, if you could have a billboard you know those big billboards that that's all in Chicago right now some of them are electronic boards most of them are in your city here in our small Kalamazoo we still have the ones that are have writing on them but if you could have one of those beautiful billboards that run across the highway in the in the shoreline of Chicago and you could put anything you wanted on it what would you put on it and why I would put, I, I already know the answer to this because I, I would love to be able to put it up there for real. I would put wherever you're at in your life is where you're supposed to be because God don't make no mistakes. Amen. 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 <laughs> That's what you put on there. What colors would you use on it? I would make it very, very plain and very, very simple because I and and that that's that that I live that and I I teach that because people get in situations and they be like like okay I could tell somebody you know you know when you need to maybe I might be talking to them about the Lord and and they'll they'll come out and be like oh I, I ain't ready to go to church I'm still doing this I'm still doing that I I'm not ready and um, Satan not going to let you get ready. Let's just start right here. That's and the right. second part is where you at right now, no matter how horrible you think it is, mm-hmm. is where you're supposed to be because he don't make no mistakes. He will catch up with you on your journey and straighten you out in due time. That's right. Do not beat up on yourself. Do not keep yourself away from growth. Don't do any of that. Mm-hmm. Some people like, yeah, I want to get married. When I make this amount of money, that day might not never come. Mm-hmm. It might not never come. Mm-hmm. That's we right. gotta start. We gotta live while we have breath. So right. once we don't have that, then I mean, what's the point? I mean, right. 
you 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 want to get married at when you make a hundred thousand dollars, you got ten dollars and you die tomorrow, then what was the point? That's right. You that makes out, sense. You could have been out living. <laughs> That's right. So then on that bulletin board, once again, what is that caption gonna say? Wherever you're at in your life right now is where you're supposed to be. God does not make mistakes. That's great. And you're going to put it up over the skyline on the highway as people come by to see that. I would also like to have it include your name. Your name. <laughs> no, no, no. My name don't have to be on that one. And we don't want to put it over the expressway either because I don't need nobody trying to read and have a crash. But okay. where, where would you would like, like to place it? <laughs> oh, important neighborhoods. Okay, good, good. And why would you place it in poor neighborhoods? I would like to plant the seed of yet. Amen. That's great. That's great. That's great. And I concur with that. My heart is all over helping urban people that are disenfranchised and overlooked and oftentimes no one comes to see about them and they fall through the cracks. So you have my vote on that. And I want you to know that there's no dream too big, just like you wrote this book, beautiful book on Amazon and available in a Barnes and Noble's bookstore. Oh, and eBooks, eBooks too. And eBooks as well, just like that. The Lord can make it so that that bulletin board, that big billboard can actually come to fruition if he so chooses it. And I know that you know that because you are one bad mama jamma. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gee. And I want to ask you, is there anything else that I should ask you that I don't know right now or that I didn't know to ask? No, no. Dr. Pamela, you are very thorough. We are good. I, I enjoyed the authenticness of the interview. Okay. Um, having the spirit of discernment, I kind of pick up on people real, real quick. Mm -hmm. And so when they're not right, I just, I just don't be with it. <laughs> I just don't be with it. And it's, it's funny because I'm just really not a person that's going to play a whole bunch of games with you. Mm -hmm. um, time is one of the most precious gifts that God gave us. Of course, the Bible said love is, and love is a great gift, but me and you can't even go back to two minutes ago. That's how precious time is. So I don't, I don't waste my time, period. So when people, when my spirit tell me they're not right, I just keep it moving. I don't even be mad. I just keep it moving. That's good. That's good. And you let it roll off your back like a duck. You know, the water I'm duck not... rolls like off a duck's back. Yeah, That's man. man. If, That's I, if I let, man, do you know that if you, if you allow stuff to stay in your, in your spirit, in your mind too long, mm -hmm. do you, it, it, it causes you to be non-productive. Now you sitting there living, letting stuff live rent-free in your head and in your spirit, and for what? I mean, it, 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 oh, this is, this is the most important thing also that I tell people. 
that people do all the time because I was so guilty of doing it. Mm -hmm. There is a demonstration that I like to do with a group. Mm -hmm. I would like to have a piece of paper and I would like to have two people hold each end. So you got to envision this. Mm -hmm. Two people holding each end. Mm -hmm. So one person is God holding mm -hmm. on to the paper and the other person is you. Mm -hmm. And in the middle, the piece of paper represents a problem. Mm -hmm. So now either the problem, you can handle it or you got to do what to the piece of paper, Dr. Robinson. You got you got to let it go and let Back God have it. Rip it up. Mm -hmm. You you just got to just give it to him because see people don't understand that's why Christ died that's so right. that you can let that problem go over there that's and right. let him deal with it because you can't. That's right. While you go and deal with something that you can't. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's good. That's good. Because that he's is... not going to do tug of war with you with a problem. He's going to give it to him or you're going to do it yourself. Either one. That's right. That's right. He's an excellent gentleman. The Lord is a gentleman. He's <laughs> yeah. not going to force himself on us. You nope. know, he's not nope. going to like some of these men and women do with one another. God is going to allow you to come when you're ready. And that's what I love about him. And that's what I love about your spirit. I thank God for you and for your participating in this podcast today. I know that people are being blessed by what they're hearing. I want to share one of your uh, poems. Now, it is a poem that's entitled Overflow. And when I'm playing the poem, I'm also going to be playing in the background the song called The Alabaster Box. You may know the song. Some of you may have heard it. It talks about the alabaster box and how when the lady in the Bible, we might know this passage of scripture, that she had some very expensive perfume and it was her, her last perfume. She took that perfume and she broke it. She broke the alabaster box and out of that alabaster box, that beautiful, uh, expensive perfume, she poured it on the feet of Jesus. Why did she pour it on the feet of Jesus? Because she wanted to show Jesus just how much she loved him. She wanted to show him that she would give him, him her very last. Yes. And so she took the pain, the anger, all that life had, had dealt her, all the hardships, and she poured it on the feet of Jesus, believing that out of that alabaster box and that very, very experience that she was gonna have at that time was gonna be so freeing to her. So it talks about, you don't know, you don't know the cost of the, the, of the oil that was inside of that lady's alabaster box. We, Ms. Barnes don't know the cost of the oil that the Lord has put down on the inside of you. It's rich and we don't know what it costs you, but you know what it costs you and the Lord knows what it costs you. And because you are so willing to freely serve his people and people that are not even Christians, God is overflowing your cup. Your alabaster box is overflowing and it's flowing down to other people. As the 
The anointing flows downward from Aaron's beard down to the feet of other people. The Lord is causing your oil to flow over into other people. And I want to let you know that you have encouraged me. I have been touched by your oil. I, I met you over online as you joined the Lotus Flower podcast and you joined, I'm sorry, the Lotus Flower book club. And I was so impressed by your book. I purchased it the next day. It came in the mail. My young adult daughter read it from cover to cover as we traveled in the car to North Carolina. Recently, she could not put it down. She was so touched by the book until she had the book this morning. I said, where's my book? She said, I have it. I said, can I please have it back? Because she was really just so in love with this book. I have to purchase her, her own copy. But I tell you, you have blessed us. Your oil has blessed my family, my husband, my children, my our podcast listening audience, our social media audience that have been um, exposed to your work because I made sure I highlighted it on the Lotus Flower Book Club page. They have been so touched by your work. So let's listen to the Alabaster Box uh, song as I read your poem, Overflow. Amen. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise God. The alabaster box. You don't know the joy. You don't know what it took. Yes, Lord. Listen, listen, audience. Listen. Overflow. You prepared a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. I used to ask the Lord to fill my cup. Then one day it occurred to me that if my cup was only filled, then that's only enough to bless and hold me. So I prayed to the Lord. I prayed to the Lord and I asked him to bless me enough that I could overflow to other people. He said to me that the Holy Spirit is inside of your heart. And I put a little extra something in there because I wanted that experience to be an abundant experience, not only for you, but for others. I thank God that day because I had experienced an overflow. Overflow allows every willing human being to spread their extra spiritual energy to someone whose cup isn't quite full. It's commonly manufactured from within and spills out like lava from a volcano. It's extremely contagious, but the feelings is simply unbeatable. Christians that are working a foundation from within inside of themselves are most often the ones that are going to experience the overflow. 
overflow is that substance that starts churning and burning within your soul. It's too much to keep to yourself. Like patterns of the Holy Spirit, it screws out without permission or warning. That's when you know deep down within your soul that you have experienced exactly what you were created for, sharing the joy and good news of Christ, helping others, lifting spirits. Once you experience overflow, it's an act that will cause you to crave for Jesus Christ. When our cup is full, we begin to feel the overflow. It's an act that you will crave. It's an act that will make you sometimes feel inadequate and question God as to what is going on and why did you choose me to go through such hard times and turn it around for me to be a help to people. We feel sometimes that the overflow is almost too much for us to comprehend ourselves. But God, but God, the Bible is always urging us to help and to serve others. If you are serving God and not serving your fellow brother or sister, then sadly, that person will not experience the overflow. Overflow, overflow. Psalms 23 and five says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Hallelujah. My cup overflows. Overflow. A poem by the anointed and appointed, and I would like to say evangelist, Evelyn Barnes of Chicago, Illinois. Thank you so much, Ms. Barnes. You are so welcome, God. Special guest today. Listen to the words of this song before we end the podcast. Let it minister to you. Let it minister to you, podcast audience. Yes. song oh i'm taking yes, it i Lord. want it you oh it's beautiful the call. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, I love that. I love that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, bless his name. Thank you so much, Miss Barnes, for being You have a blessed day. I am off and running. You take care. Y'all all all stay blessed and uh, experience that overflow. That's good. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Have a blessed, sunshiny, prosperous day in the Lord. Oh, I am. It's beautiful here. Thank you so much. (laughs) Bye-bye.